Hey, Amy, how you doing today? Hi, Dad. I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, but you know what? I want to play a little guessing game with you. Is that all right? Fun. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to give you a list of medical terms, and you tell me what they have in common. Okay? Okay. Miss MBA. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here, here we go. Here we go. Hypertension, AFib. COPD, asthma, diabetes, sleep apnea, and orthodontics. Ooh, ooh, pick me. I know, <laughs> you have all of these. Uh, ooh, that hurts. <laughs> well, I have some of them, but I won't go into it. <laughs> Just kidding, I know. Patients that have them can all be monitored by their doctor remotely. So mm. today, we're going to talk about that with Dr. Adam Schulhoff, the forward-thinking orthodontist that invented GRIN, a technology that offers remote orthodontic solutions. Welcome to the Survival Guide for Orthodontists, the podcast that makes you the authority in orthodontics in your community. Get ready for insights on how to compete on expertise and trust against mail order and retail orthodontics. It's not always about the lowest fees. And now, from the People in Practice team, your hosts, Dr. Leon Klempner and Amy Epstein. Welcome to the Survival Guide for Orthodontists. I'm Amy Epstein. I have 20 years of marketing, branding, and public relations experience, working with companies large and small on everything from branding and transition communications to digital lead generation campaigns. I am joined, as always, by my dad, retired orthodontist, and co-founder and CEO of People in Practice, and also game show host today. <laughs> you, you know, you got that one right, so I'll give you credit on that one. Welcome, everyone. As Amy mentioned, I'm Leon Klempner, co-founder of People in Practice, graduate of the University of, proud graduate of the University of Maryland Dental School. Go Terps. Go Terps. Tufts Ortho Program and faculty member at Stony Brook University of Dental Medicine and the Harvard Graduate School of Orthodontics. More importantly, I'm dad to my three daughters, Amy, who's with me, uh, Lisa and Jody, as well as grandpa to Maya, Kayla, and Eli. In today's podcast, we're going to explore a new competitor in the fast-growing remote monitoring market. Joining us today is Dr. Adam Schulhoff, a practicing orthodontist with offices in New Jersey and in New York City. Adam graduated with high honors from the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey and received his specialty training from Columbia. As a founder and CEO of GRIN, Adam combines more than two decades of orthodontic expertise, which includes pioneering the latest innovations in ortho technology. GRIN is a comprehensive digital platform and provides remote orthodontic solutions for all types of tooth straightening, all straightening needs by connecting patients to real orthodontists in their community. This allows orthodontists to remotely monitor their patients for routine visits. Adam guides GRIN's global orthodontic vision, overseeing appliance design and spearheads industry partnerships. I love this topic. Um, and I'm so glad to have you, Adam, with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me here. Mm -hmm. It's our pleasure. So tell us a little bit about your orthodontic experience 
um, and what you learned along the way that led you to develop Grin? Sure. Well, Leon has done a fantastic job of giving the uh, bullet background. Um, I did graduate from Columbia about 20 years ago. And, you know, entering the market, if, if you guys remember 20 years ago, it was the beginning of a very, very different market. And I would ascribe a lot of that to Align Technology and probably, you know, the first digital toe dipping in the pool, you know, uh, for orthodontics. And as I was getting out, I mean, if you know the New York City area, young resident, you know, thinking about his next moves, getting out into this very, very congested marketplace, starting to think about, okay, if I'm going to even attempt to open up my own practice, how can I differentiate myself? And if you recall how orthodontists really, what orthodontists really thought about you know, Align Technology back in the day and Invisalign, um, it, it, you know, we didn't know how to use plastic to move teeth. And so it wasn't very, you know, it wasn't very popular among specialists. But what I looked at really was, you know, coming, you know, taking us back to like the, the end of the 90s, most practices had about, I don't know, 90% adolescent and kids and maybe 10% adults. I don't even know if it was even that much. And I started looking at what Align was bringing to market and starting to consider, wait a minute, you know, this is an untapped market, the adult market. And this is a huge potential not to look at, you know, what is happening in the world and in the marketplace of orthodontics today, but looking forward to the next 10 years of my career, the next potential 20 years of my career. And so I got out of Columbia and I opened up a practice in New York City. And I actually created, you know, what I call this little niche boutique practice that was primarily targeting aesthetic treatment options and adults, right? And, and this was something at the time that was very, very different. And by the way, I call it a boutique practice because if you know what real estate costs in New York City, I only had two chairs, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a two chair small practice front desk and myself, you know, when a patient came in for a consult, front desk turned into TC. And, and that's where we started. And um, thankfully, it, it, it worked out really, really well. Uh, we were able to capitalize on what was happening to the market. And very quickly, we became a very busy practice and very well known in, in the adult arena and also in the aesthetic orthodontic arena, which in those days really consisted of clear aligners, but also more custom orthodontic lingual solutions, right? And at the time, I was doing incognito, which again, very, very digital, innovative, you know, customized. So even from early on in my career, it was always about not looking at where we are today, but looking at how we can continuously build for the future and understanding a little bit about the market and what consumers slash patients want. And, you know, I say consumers with ease today. If I would have addressed the orthodontic community 10 years ago and used the term consumers, I think I would have been stoned, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's very clear to everybody now that when we start fast forwarding to today's day and age and we consider what's been going on in the market, right? You know, we'll talk about the dirty little word, you know, like direct to consumer, DTC, and all of the companies that are doing that. If we think about why we've allowed them to grab any kind of toehold in the market, you know, I'll have to admit, even as an orthodontist myself, I think we have not done the best job of understanding 
truly what patients want, right? We, we absolutely do an unbelievable job of giving them amazing functional and, and aesthetic treatment and, and results. But at the same point in time, you know, if you talk to a patient and you talk about their journey, if you talk to a patient and you talk to a, a, a mom who's, you know, or a dad who's running around and got 50 different appointments with the kids, they've got soccer practice, they've got this, they've got that. And you talk about even the couple of minutes they spend in your practice, as much as they love you, they would prefer not necessarily to have to have that appointment, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when, when we start considering what early on in my career I was looking at, it, it was always about what are we doing to, yes, keep the patient happy, differentiate our practices, and, and really offer a solution that we're not just talking about the clinical aspect of it, but even the journey thereof all along is something that patients are looking for. Hmm. And so, you know, throughout my career, you know, I, I had that practice in New York City. I opened up another practice in, in New Jersey, in Bergen County. Um, and I kind of had a good mix. The Bergen County, New Jersey practice was more what I would call your traditional practice, right? Probably about 60% adolescent and kids, 40% adults. You know, I still had a high percentage of, adult, of adults because I offered some of these solutions that a lot of orthodontists didn't, such as lingual orthodontics. Uh, but then I also had that New York City practice that was still, even, even though we weren't marketing only to adults, it was about a 95% adult practice. Um, so, you know, this journey, you know, you asked me about this journey, takes me then to about 2015, when the first one of these large DTC companies, uh, who we shall call Big Purple, <laughs> came mm -hmm. to market. If you recall, their first scan shop was in Soho in New York City. Mm. And I always found that funny because, you know, early on they were touting this whole access to care piece. And I, I looked at that block on Soho, knowing what the rent is, knowing who their neighbors were on that street. And I said, even as an orthodontist and a successful orthodontist, I can't afford any of the other stores on this block. So it's just funny that that was their first location that they put down for brick and mortar. But because they did, when those treatments were not going exactly the way they or the patients uh, w would have thought they were, were going, those patients tended to end up in my practice. And so, you know, having that practice in New York City, especially that very adult-oriented practice, and then, uh, you know, if a patient was going through some of this DTC-type treatment in New York, and then it was going bad, they would kind of Google orthodontics or adult orthodontics New York, and they tended to come through and see me. And as these patients were coming through my door, obviously it infuriated me, right? I mean, I was just upset that, that a company like this could even exist on the market from a regulatory perspective. And, you know, and, and I know a lot of orthodontists tend to get in these forums and yell, scream, and holler, how can this happen? But I also looked at it with a similar eye to how I looked at the market back when I first got out of Columbia. And I said, okay, let me try to understand the mindset or the mentality of some of these patients as they chose that treatment. So when these patients ended up in my chair, that was the conversation I had with them. I, you know, I was like, yeah, absolutely. We are going to fix you up. No problem. But I'd love to understand, you know, your, your mindset and your thought process as you decided, yeah, this looks like it's, it's going to be a good idea. And interestingly enough, what I was finding time and time again is that at least in my geography, these were very well-to-do New Yorkers. It was not about price, right? So I know a lot of these companies, it's about, you know, low cost and certainly 
a huge part of their market is about the low cost. But in my geography for these New Yorkers, it wasn't just about low cost. And in fact, time and time and time again, they turned to me and, and they were talking about convenience. In fact, mm-hmm. I remember specifically a conversation where I had a physician in the chair. And, and I, you know, I'm very real with my patients. I'm a New Yorker. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? You're a doctor. What are you doing? And he said to me straight up, he's like, I don't have the time to come in every four weeks to the orthodontist. That's what I did when I was 12 years old. Now, you know, I'm, I'm on call. I, I have long shifts. You know, I have a little bit of a social life. I don't have time to come into your practice every single month. And that's why I ended up going with them. And of course, you know, now he's in my chair to fix it. But, you know, this is really where my mind started kind of getting around the fact that, you know, we're not doing as good of a job potentially as we could do with giving patients a journey that they want, right? So, so Adam, let me, yeah. let me ask you a question. Let sure. me ask you a question. Uh, first of all, I love the fact that you're an orthodontist and you're a visionary. I love the fact that You've, you're, you, you've developed, you're developing, or, or your motivation was to develop a solution for a problem, not that the orthodontist had, but that patients had. So I think, you know, those are, those are great things. But let me ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, uh, because I know that our listeners are familiar with dental monitoring. And Amy and I have talked in the past a lot about remote monitoring in general and how we feel that it's part of the future of the profession because it deals with a problem that patients have, which has to do with their time and giving back their time. So I love the fact that you're, you're, you're addressing this and, and looking forward that way. But let me ask you a question. Um, uh, most of our listeners know what dental monitoring is. But I'm not sure that they know what GRIN is. So could you talk a little bit about what GRIN is? Absolutely. So, you know, when we started creating GRIN, it wasn't just about a remote monitoring solution. And in fact, we exist today on the market as a remote monitoring solution because COVID accelerated our our entry to the market, right? People knew what we were building. They were like, oh my goodness, Adam, that remote monitoring bit, I want it right now because I cannot communicate with my patients. I can't see into their mouths. And so Grin still has a lot of things that we're gonna bring to market that is gonna be about a lot more than just remote monitoring. We're talking about customer acquisition. We're talking about all of the pieces that really position our specialty in the customer's eyes, in the consumer's eyes, in the patient's eyes, as a very, very viable option on top of you know the DTCs out there. So that that's that's number one. But to answer your question specific to remote monitoring, there's a number of things. Number one, ease of use is a big one. You know, there's 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 a lot of great and and I'm I'm a huge fan of any company that is forward thinking and innovative. Um, but I also want to make sure that my customers, my consumers, my doctors, my patients can pick it up. And, you know, just like any Apple product, for example, if I gave this to an 11 year old and I said within 30 seconds, I gave them quick instructions about what they need to do. I know that they can accomplish that with ease. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about ease of use from the customer aspect. We're talking about ease of use from my team's aspect. I mean, we know in running practices, one of the biggest friction points to introducing any new technology 
into a practice is going to be the staff, the team, right? We need to get them all bought in. We need to get them understanding. It can't be complicated. And so ease of use was a big one. And I'm talking about ease of use from the perspective of the Grin scope, which very easily attaches to the phone. It's one piece, it's small, it fits into a patient's mouth very easily. And I'm talking about also a user experience from the team's perspective and the doctor's perspective. So for a doctor to not just be able to see, you know, canine to canine, maybe bicuspid to bicuspid, but see all the way around to the second molars to see those occlusal shots, right? Because if you can't look at teeth occlusally, you're missing a lot, right? How many patients look okay directly from a frontal view? but those lower incisors are, are tripping over each other and you can only see that from the occlusal aspect. And so our goal was a much, much better view of the patient so that I can actually turn to a doctor and in good conscience look them in the eye and tell them, with grin, you're going to be able to see into your patient's mouth with the same quality as if the patient was sitting in your chair. Right. And and so it's got to be a tool that it's not just that we're giving the patient the dream of convenience. You can skip some appointments. We can reduce the number of appointments, but it's got to be quality. It's got to be the kind of thing where it's going to truly give value to the doctor and true clinical value. And the very cool part here is that we're getting feedback from doctors even beyond that. I had a doctor specifically say to me and I said, can I please quote you? And he said, sure. And he said, I can actually see into a patient's mouth, Adam, better than when they're in my chair. The lighting, the coloration, the fact that it's on my screen, I can pull it up as big or as small as I want. I can pause it. And and the way he said it to me is, in a normal day in the clinic, I'm sticking my fingers in their mouth and taking a quick look. I've got five other assistants yelling at me to come over to their chair for a bonding. The lighting is never ideal. And I give a quick look. And I yell at the assistant exactly what I want them to do next. And as I'm walking to the next chair, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Did I see the molar classification? Right. And, and this, is, this is the kind of feedback that I love coming from doctors. And so when we talk about differentiators, so number one, ease of use, quality, um, the platform to be extremely easy, easy. Again, I don't want to have extensive training needed for a patient to have to know how to run through their app. And the app is based on a chat platform. So the same way they're used to constantly all day chatting with their friends and family through iMessage, WhatsApp, etc. That's essentially what our platform is based on. So it's something very, very familiar to them. And then from the doctor's perspective as well, the doctor's platform is very well laid out, very easy, and the doctor and the team can get the information they need to. Not to mention, again, Grin is a company that is 1000% aligned with the specialty. You know, we like saying, and this is not just, you know, a, a, a line, but by orthodontists for orthodontists. And, you know, besides myself being an orthodontist, we have a lot of our investors and advisors that are orthodontists. And this is all about making sure that our specialty sustains the next 20 years and beyond and really is able to give patients the quality of care that they can. Grin is not a company that will ever work with a DTC company, et cetera, and, and do things like that. And so when you ask that specific question about differences, I mean, I can spend an hour talking them through, but ultimately, like I say, remote monitoring is here to stay and it's something that's phenomenal for the doctor and the patient. And I applaud any company that's bringing solutions to the table that's going to help out with that. Great, Adam. So I'm, I'm holding one of the scopes in front of me right now. 
Um, your, your team was kind enough to send me one, and it's very lightweight, very, very small. It's got a little uh, strap where um, the phone connects to. Then there's a little mouthpiece here, and from what I understand, uh, the patient not does not take uh, photos, but actually takes a, 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 a continuous video going exactly. from left to right, up and down. Is that right? That is right. It was very important to me not just to take still shots because I also want to be able to see function. I want to be able to, with a lot of my patients, see exactly what guidance is looking like, how their class two to class one correction is going, for example, all very important clinical things that I as an orthodontist need to see for any visit, whether it's a virtual or in person. Mm -hmm. So ease of use, image quality, um, there's a, a dashboard um, for for the orthodontist to to view the the scans. Um, you hit on a, a, a touchy point for me, and I just want to get into it just a little bit. And that is sure. um, a, a company that is for orthodontists and will be for orthodontists. Now, I know I've heard that before, and and, and listeners out there have heard that before as well. And, um, you know, Align was, that was their value proposition when they came out of the box. And then little by little, um, whether it's, uh, you know, I think the, the line from, from Joe Hogan was that, you know, legally we could not limit ourselves just to the specialty. We had to open it up to general dentists. And, and later that crept to, you know, a relationship with a, you know, uh, Big Purple, et cetera. So how are, how do you circumvent that? How, how do you, uh, um, s you know, state that you want to support the specialty and only serve the specialty? So a couple of things. First of all, I'm, I'm going to say something that may be a little bit unpopular, and that's right now when I consider who my competition is, DTC, Smile, Direct, Look, Candid, Bite, et cetera, they're my competition not my buddy, the general dentist down the block, okay? And again, uh, right, we, we, are, we are right now, this is an orthodontic solution, but I just wanna clarify that. And also when you look at the numbers for Align Technology, even though they went to general dentists, okay. Let's now look at, did that really hurt orthodontics or not? If you look at Align's numbers, their ortho segment is climbing tremendously and their GP segment has essentially plateaued, right? And so when I think about you know, how a lot of us think about the enemy, right? I'm talking about, you know, there are certain companies, one that you mentioned earlier, that is actually working with actively selling to and partnering with direct to consumer companies. And I see that as the enemy because it's actually hurting patients, as we well know. There's no doctor in the care loop. There's, there's no true responsible, responsible care, and it's hurting patients. And so that's my overall, you know, really what I meant by for ortho, mm -hmm. by ortho. Now, on top mm -hmm. of that, we do only right now sell to orthodontists. We will be selling to general dentists, but before everybody gets excited, we're going to be selling a completely different product to GPs. And what I mean by that is that I have a lot of GPs, again, on our advisory board, and we're working on so many cool things for them, such as concierge hygiene checks, such as, you know, remote consultations for prosthetic work, right? So there's a ton of opportunity here in this remote space in things that we're building for a general dentist and things that we're building for an orthodontist. 
Okay, so just to make that very, very clear. Mm -hmm. So when we consider, you know, again, and I think we all have to, in our heart of hearts, understand who today is our competitor. You know, the, the GPs at a certain point have certainly taken a little bit of a chunk out of ortho, but I think a lot of that has circled back. All of us have patients in the chair all the time that were treated by a GP and it hasn't gotten exactly where, you know, where they were happy with and we're retreating. But I think ultimately when we talk about what is for the best real, I mean, we're talking about we, we are some level of healthcare here. What is for, for, for the good of the patient? We have to try to gravitate away for anything where a company is circumventing the supply channel and the supply channel is a doctor and still considering right. themselves healthcare. Right. Yep. No, that makes total sense. And so how has the receptivity been in, in the uh, orthodontic community? Like, so what are some of the milestones that are signaling to you that the ortho community is truly on board with Grin? So far, it's been fantastic. I mean, when we, when we came to market, the first thing we did was, you know, we, had all of these grand plans, as I mentioned, that are still going to come to fruition. We were not just going to be a, a strictly just a remote monitoring platform. And COVID hit. And the orthodontic community that knew about what we, we were creating, including some of the larger uh, companies, came to us and said, hey, can we get your solution to the market faster? And so instead of you know turning it up and selling the solution, so to speak, we actually said, you know what? Grin is going to manufacture X thousand units. And we partnered with 3M at the time in what we call a COVID initiative. And we shipped for free to the market. I think it was 3000. I think it ended up actually being more than 3000 scopes. Mm -hmm. Right. And so right away, I think there was a very, very good reception because there was an understanding that Grin is not a company that's just looking out for its own pockets, but really there was a problem. We brought something to the market. We needed get we needed to get into the hands of doctors ASAP to get it in the hands of their patients, so that you know they can they can reach out to a segment of their patients who really had had things going on in their mouth that were turning emergent, and they couldn't reach into that patient's mouth and see it and treat it because you know these were the early days of COVID and nobody knew what they could and couldn't do. Uh, so number one, there was that huge initiative, and number two. As now we have gone to a plan, which again came from the market where they turned to us and they said, okay, fantastic, you sent me 10, 20 scopes, I need more. Let me pay you for more. You know, One of the things that again is a differentiator to Leon's question about us versus some of the other companies out there is go look at our price point. I, I made sure to the team, I said, this has gotta be something that is gonna be negligible to the overhead of a doctor because we're trying to help them. And it's got to be something that makes sense. We're not just going to charge the highest fee possible to try to make the largest profit possible. But on average, Grin is about 35 bucks a patient, right? I mean, most orthodontists give out more than that in swag that has no ROI versus, you know, you imagine once you start, you know, saving visits, et cetera. And so the reception has been phenomenal. As I mentioned, like that quote from that doctor that said, you know, Grin is allowing me to see into my patient's mouth better than in the chair. We get things like that all the time. We have doctors that are now changing the systems in their practice to the extent where, you know, we're, we're releasing very soon what we call Grin Remote Consultation, um, where a patient finds their way to a doctor's website, signs up for a remote consultation, Grin will drop ship to the patient a scope, patient downloads the app, 
uses a scope to take a scan. And then that remote consultation that that doctor does before the patient ever steps foot in the, in the office is actually one where you can see completely into the mouth. And as we talked about with the video, be able to truly see what their bite looks like, how their function is, et cetera. Doctors have taken that to the next level and they're doing all sorts of cool things with it. There's one doctor that's actually taking the scopes and distributing them to their GP referrals so that when that GP is making a referral and potentially they would have sent it out to or given out three different business cards, now they're saying, hey, here's this Grinscope from this doctor. This is so cool. Let's show you how it works. And now before the patient even gets to that doctor, within 24 hours of taking that scan, they already have a lot of answers to a lot of their questions. And now there's that tie to that practice and that therefore they can end up in that practice mm -hmm. as chairs. So lots yeah. of very, very cool stuff that doctors are developing uh, um, even beyond what we originally uh, scoped out. Yeah. So uh, Adam, it's customary on the podcast for us to have one of our listeners call in a question and we have one right now. So we're going to play it. And uh, if it's okay with you, um, you could respond to it once it's complete. Fantastic. Hi, my name is Neil Warshawski. I'm an orthodontist in Chicago, and I own and operate uh, Get It Straight Orthodontics. We're a large multidisciplinary practice that covers a wide variety and spectrum of cases from craniofacial, cleft palate, adult reconstructive, phase one orthodontics, comprehensive, removable and fixed cases, and we just have a plethora of issues. So the question I have is if someone's coming newly into our profession, um, I think the profession is radically changing really quickly. So what advice would you give somebody to prepare to come into the orthodontic profession? Wow, that's a, that's a really great question. And I know Neil, he's a fantastic practitioner and, and he gets what's happening in the market these days. I, I would say we've got to be very, very open-minded. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, there's so many things that, again, specifically coming out, out of our residency that we learn. And, you know, we're talking about orthodontists. Orthodontists are top, you know, X percent of their class. And so we've done a great job within the parameters, within the box of, of institutional education. And, and especially in orthodontics, you know, in residency, we learned the steps, right? Leveling and aligning, and then this, and then that. That's the steps, right? And, you know, you know, from time to time, a lot of doctors talk about clinically sometimes thinking out of the box. I'm talking about thinking outside of the box, even beyond clinically, even beyond how we're going to interact with our patients, what the future of the specialty is, what the future of the consumer part of all this is, because our patients are consumers. And, you know, really trying to be very open-minded about all aspects of our practice, both from the clinical aspect to the business aspect to the marketing aspect. And, all of this put together is just to give a patient a better result and a better experience. I mean, that's the way that good marketing, I mean, so I'll just turn the lens a little bit back to us for a second because we're marketers. And I think that um, you're, you're such a marketer at heart. You're the, the second person I've ever met that, um, that, thinks this way, obviously the first person's my dad, um, but really the way to develop a strong practice is to take the patient, put them into focus, identify what their needs are and develop solutions that are gonna solve their problems. And that is what you do. 
Um, so I'd love to continue this discussion because I think grin could be really additive to some of our clients and in general, the, the orthodontic community that listens to this podcast in terms of doing exactly some of the things that you mentioned um, in terms of uh, virtual you know, initial consults and things like that. So we'd love to have you back. Thank you for joining us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and grin and want to contact you, what's the best way to do that? Well, first of all, thank you guys. And for sure, I'd love to be back. But www.get-grin.com is our website. My email is adam at get-grin. Um, and I'm, I'm always open. I love talking to my colleagues and, and I'm always open to answering any questions that they may have. Well, that's great. Again, thanks for joining us. It's been super informative and would love to continue the discussion. Thank you very much, both of you. You can subscribe or download other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate if you told a colleague. For more information about people in practice, you can sign up for our free marketing newsletter at pplpractice.com. I want to thank everybody for listening, and particularly Adam. Um, If you get bored over there at Grin, there's a spot for you at uh, People in Practice. So uh, just keep that that in mind. Um, If you'd like to contact me directly and discuss how People in Practice can leverage our marketing agency to help you with new patient starts, shoot me an email at leon at pplpractice.com. And don't forget... For forward-thinking orthos, it's never been a better time to be an orthodontist. We are right now in the golden age, so take advantage of it. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on the Survival Guide for Orthodontists, where we help your practice grow within a massively disrupted industry. Subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on social media. Find us online at the survival guide for orthodontists.com.